0: Who controls the weather, mankind, or God? Learn the purpose of devastating natural disasters, and what will come next, next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings,
1: everyone. About two weeks ago, the 30, about 30 or well, roughly 30 tornadoes battered the Midwest of America, and many homes were destroyed. Thousands of people were left homeless, and the last count I had there were 88 dead, and that count was rising. Six states were affected, but most of all, Kentucky was the hardest hit and suffered much worse than the others. At least two-thirds of the dead, more than that, actually were from Kentucky, but there was one tornado that just continued for 200 miles without lifting from the Earth and just about destroyed everything in its path and that was a lot of destruction and that happened in Kentucky and here's what governor Andy Beshear said about all of this and he was visibly disturbed he said this i wish i understood why we've gotten hit with the pandemic a historic ice storm flooding and now the worst tornado in our history all in a span of 19 months. Now that's quite a statement. One, uh, some people ask one evangelist, "Is God mad at us?" And he said he responded, "No, God is not mad at us." And he said he he won't begin to tell them. Well, first of all, you need to pray. And I think I think our people probably have been praying for many calamities for quite some time and they just keep on coming and even growing how can we explain this what is the what is happening would christ agree with that evangelist would the two of them agree in what they're saying i'm telling you where god is is involved in this and in our lives especially if we allow Him to be a part of it, our lives. But we have, for the over seventy years, we have been telling this world why natural disasters. Over seventy years! If you look at Matthew chapter 24, it is actually the greatest prophecy that uh, Christ gave while He was on this Earth. There is a version of it in uh, Mark and Luke as well. Herbert Armstrong called it THE pivotal prophecy of the New Testament. It talks about a lot of calamities, and it talks about the greatest news you could ever possibly hear, and it tells you how to ESCAPE and avoid such things as this. It really does. Notice Matthew 24 and verse 3, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him, privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming and of the end of the world or the age? It should read the end of the age. The disciples wanted to see a sign. Well, what what sign or is there going to be? And of course, they thought he was. Uh, they didn't know at the time that he was talking about mainly about the end time. But he said, What is the sign we're going to see just before the second coming of Jesus Christ and the end of this age? What sign is there that we can see and know that's happening? He certainly uh, had an answer to that. What is that sign? What is it? Verses 4 and 5. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed! Now, this is vital. He says you, you need to take heed. This is a, a certainly somewhat of a warning. Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Many are going to come and, and, and say talk about Christ being Christ, talking about the person of Christ, but they're not talking about the message he gave. They're talking about the person. And if you look at uh, another scripture, it says in these Gospels, Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? It's just all in vain if you do that. And then Mark 7 and verse 6, Christ said this These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So does Christ's words Equal the same as what the evangelist talked about? We need to realize that Christ does have his view on all of this. So let's look now at verses 6 and 7. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For a nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in different places. So you're going to have all kinds of nations going against each other, hating each other, and there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes in different places. Strong's Concordance says that this is the definition of pestilences, it's the plagues, like the very first one the governor mentioned, the pandemic. But He said there would be plagues. What is the cause of it? The governor of Kentucky wanted to know. He'd like to know WHY this happened. Christ said many would be deceived, and they'd better uh, be understanding what Christ is saying. And He's talking about people that are Christians in this world. Are we listening and are closely as we should? Matthew, Mark, and Luke all recorded this, uh, what he's talking about here in Matthew 24. But if you look at uh, Luke 21, verse 11, it talks about the pestilences, famines, and pestilences, and fearful sights. In addition to those famines and pestilences, he says there are fearful sights like tornadoes that just hit Kentucky. And here we have probably more than a hundred deaths there in those six states. Maybe in Kentucky alone there will be that many. It certainly looks like it could happen that way. But Christ did prophesy of pandemics and fearful things, well, what what are we to do about that? If you look at Mark 13 verse 8, it talks about famines and troubles, famines and troubles, tumult. The word means, or just a very emotional agitation and commotion, like what we're experiencing in these uh, tornadoes. Why is that happening? Where is God? Well we have still have not gotten to the sign and we want to get to that notice verse 8 it says all these are the beginning of sorrows wow these are just the beginning of sorrows if we don't heed if we don't heed what christ says now that's critical that we we get this do you and i take heed when christ speaks and what i'm talking to you about here's almost all In most Bibles, in red letters, Jesus Christ Himself speaking it. And a Christian is one who is supposed to follow Christ. That's what we have to think about. Notice verse 12. And because iniquity or lawlessness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Well, how about that? Lawlessness all over the place, it's just consuming us. Yeah, did the evangelist talk about that should we consider it? Christ is concerned about it very deeply what I mean, who what person would disagree with that if you look at our society all around us wouldn't you see that <coughs> lawlessness reigns in this country if you look at god's standard but still we haven't gotten to the sign that I want to focus on. Verse 13 says, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, here we have the gospel. This is the sign. This is the big sign that the disciples were asking Him about. What is the gospel? Well, it's the good news of the coming kingdom of God and the which means the second coming of Jesus Christ. In the end of this age, that's what it all means. The gospel is that sign. When you see that sign, then everybody ought to be able to see it. if it's the kind of sign Christ is talking about. Who was it that taught the gospel around the world and now he's dead? But who did that? Notice Matthew 16 and verse 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. But that's going to be just in a vision. Verse 9 tells you that. It's a vision he's going to show them. And at verse 10, He says, And his disciples asked him, saying, Well, why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come, and restore all things. See, before Jesus Christ comes, there has to be a sign, a great sign to this world. And what is it all about? Well. And a type of Elijah is going to come in this end time, and he's going to restore all things. So when he came on the scene, this you'd have to say Christian teaching, and that was really uh, in a uh, at a low point because he had to restore all things. Where did that happen? Herbert W. Armstrong had a Plain Truth magazine that reached eight million circulation. At that time, that was MORE than Time magazine and Newsweek combined, and he had over 400 television stations, and he had nearly an annual income of $200 million to get this message around the world! Now. He's dead, and he's gone, but you can prove, you can prove that this sign was fulfilled. After all, it's not that difficult to see. We have a booklet on Raising the Ruins that tells you all about that and what happened to it after Mr. Armstrong died. And all of our literature is free, and you certainly could benefit a great deal from reading that book written by my son. But when Christ comes, you see, that gospel, that good news, then uh, it, there's going to be a new world. All the evil and all the tornadoes, all the calamities are going to go. God is going to bring a thousand years of peace and joy and happiness, and then it continues out into the universe for all eternity isn't that wonderful that we we can understand this gospel this sign this good news that god says is almost here things are happening and what i'm going to talk about here is ties right in with the second coming verses 14 and 15 of Matthew 24. We'll go back there. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, you can see the abomination of desolation. What is that? Spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso reads, let him understand. You have to re- not just read, but you have to understand this. And you, not, you can't just see it and that's enough. You have to understand. Even your prayers can't be answered if you don't understand uh, because you don't ask the right questions and you don't beseech God for the right things. Just reading is not enough. We must understand. Now, I'll tell you why this is interesting that this very next verse after the sign of the gospel is interesting because this, is, this, this abomination of desolation is an army. Luke's version in chapter 21. Beginning in verse twenty, we'll tell you all about that. It is an army that's going to surround Jerusalem, and that's our army is going to be from Europe, and it's going to be surrounding Jerusalem at that time. And they are going to fight Jesus Christ Himself. This very army, this almost formed in in uh, this world today. Revelation seventeen talks about ten kings uniting. And doing great damage and starting World War III. If we don't take heed to what God says, He wants us to avoid this. God is love. He wants us to avoid all this. And He says, okay, if the nations don't hear and your nation doesn't hear, you can hear and He'll give you a way out to escape all these things. Prophesied in different prophecies throughout the Bible. After the gospel, you see, here comes a sign about an army that's going to fight against Jesus Christ and be destroyed forever. An empire that has risen up time and time again. Matthew, Mark, and Luke each have a version of this prophecy Christ is discussing in Matthew 24, I want to give you the uh, definition of understand. I will give you a definition where God says we, we have to not just see and read, we have to understand this definition here, the mind, to perceive with thought coming into consciousness as distinct from the perception of senses. The five senses, you have to go beyond that. This is of revelation from God and the opening of our minds from God and giving us understanding, as well as working very hard to get it ourselves to mark, understand, apprehend, discern, going on with a definition, instead of merely the act of knowing, you see, it's you've got to discern, you've got to understand what God is talking about, and that word comes from a the word nous, O U S, the mind, the organ of mental perception and apprehension, recognizing and judging them, the understanding of word, concept, sense, to perceive with the mind as distinct from perception by feeling, and so on. These verses we need to understand. Verses 21 and 22, it says, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved alive. The Moffat translation says, but for the elect's sake those days shall be shortened. We're not going to be destroyed by nuclear power and weapons of mass destruction. Christ is going to STOP it before that happens. That's guaranteed no matter what we do. He's not going to let man be wiped out. And then, of course, there's going to be a great resurrection where all men will be able to know God. If they never did know Him, everybody's going to have a chance to receive salvation. Everybody that's ever lived on this earth. On down in verse 33, notice what it says. So likewise, you, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door. But you see, again, you have to have understanding to know when it's at the door. Christ says you can know when it's at the door, the very second coming of Jesus Christ, and all of these calamities just prior to that. But He comes at the last trump. That last trumpet, he's going to be here, and he's going to end all this. What a beautiful, beautiful future we have. Everybody, no matter what's happening today and what happens to people in these trials and tribulations, God says we all have a beautiful future if we want it, and it lasts forever. Verse 34, Verily I say unto you, This generation shall not pass, till all these things be fulfilled. This very generation is going to see it happen, and that's going to, that generation is certainly two-thirds gone anyhow. Then verse 37, As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be, talking about the coming of the Son of Man. And the gospel around the world is a sign that it's going to happen shortly. Verse 41 two women shall be grinding. That women are a type of churches at the mill. The one shall be taken, the other left. In other words, one's going to be protected and the other one isn't. He has a Laodicean church in this end time, and they're not going to be protected. But he says there's another small little flock remnant that is going to be protected if they will proclaim, help proclaim this message BEFORE the Second Coming of Christ. Notice what he says, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord does come. You don't know what hour that He's coming. It, you're going to have to really understand more than just read and see. Go beyond that. Verse 46, Blessed is that servant. Whom his Lord, when he comes, shall find so doing, doing God's work, getting this message out to the world. And God says that person is his servant. That person is serving God. Then, verse 47, this ought to just about knock anybody over if they really understand it. But we have to understand, verse 47 Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods, over all of the universe. He's going to make him ruler over that. He's going to rule and share the very throne of Jesus Christ. He's going to give him everything. And then he concludes with a few negative verses. He said, But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delays his coming, he loses his faith and his understanding, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looks not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of. You see, if we get caught up in our own carnal desires, our own senses, five senses, and don't let God guide us, well, then you're not going to be aware of when Jesus Christ is coming. And you won't know why all these problems are there that we're having to see. Where is God and what is God doing? He wants to give us everything, and He is going to give us everything, all things, the entire universe. Hebrews 1 and 2 tell you that. Then verse 51 and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, there's going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth if we don't take heed and hear Christ's message that he gave on this earth, the most important message of all that he gave when he was on this earth. He wants us to have everything. God is love, and He wants to give us everything He has. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry, goodbye, friends.
0: Who controls the weather, mankind, or God? Learn the purpose of devastating natural disasters, and what will come next. Over the past century, global temperatures have risen slightly. Could this be related to the increase in weather disasters? Millions of people believe so, but the science is far from settled. Request our free booklet, Why Natural Disasters, to discover the real cause of earth-shaking weather crises. Dig into the data and statistics of this hot-button political issue. Consider the facts and form your own conclusion. Due to the appalling suffering caused by natural disasters, even some religious leaders have lost faith in God. They offer no real explanation and no hope. Learn what your Bible says about proliferating tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, and more in this end time. You can know the purpose for such destructive weather events. Prove that wild weather is indeed caused by human beings, but not in the way that many suppose. The core of the problem is not physical, but spiritual. As helpless victims perish in floods and fires, can you discern the God of love? Is it possible that the Creator who controls the weather could allow unspeakable tragedies for the benefit of all mankind? Why do seemingly the best among us die in weather upheaval while we continue to live? If your Bible calls natural disasters the beginning of sorrows, what kind of nightmare will plague the world next? How can you be protected? These are some of the most important questions you can ever answer. Answer them all by studying Why Natural Disasters. Also request our free booklet, A Pivotal Sign of the End Time. Your Bible gives a clear sign that Jesus Christ's return is at the very door. This sign revolves around the work of one man who has already lived and died. Learn the identity of this man, understand the worldwide warning that he delivered, discover why natural disasters and other earth-shaking events have multiplied since his death. Place natural disasters in the timeline of crisis to precede the second coming of our Savior. That's the good news! Christ is about to return to solve our problems and save us from ourselves. What a living hope! All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request why natural disasters and a pivotal sign of the end time. Order now for the free literature. Call toll free one 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge, at no cost or obligation to you. Request Why Natural Disasters and A Pivotal Sign of the End Time. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629.